From the studios of the Private Client Network in Midtown Manhattan, welcome to Luxury on Location. This dynamic new podcast features conversations with luxury realtor Kevin Snedden, founder of the Private Client Network at Compass and his Private Client Network partners. In this, our seventh episode, Kevin will be speaking with Nicole Kessler, our Private Client Network partner in Austin. Nicole has been an Austin real estate leader for over 20 years, and here's why. Nicole has extensive experience in land development, the design-build process, plus marketing and sales. These experiences have provided her with unique insights and opportunities, which she has clearly capitalized on. Nicole is a longtime member of Austin's Elite 25 and has also been recognized as a Platinum Top 50 agent, an Austin Luxury League member, plus an Austin Business Journal Top Producer. And in case anyone's counting, Nicole sold $95 million in Austin luxury real estate in 2021. What we admire most about Nicole is her electric personality, her commitment to her craft, and her Southern charm. We are so fortunate to have Nicole in our private client network and are delighted to have her as our guest on Luxury on Location. Hello, Nicole, and welcome to Luxury on Location. Hey, Kevin, I'm so excited to join you. I've listened to the last few podcasts that you came out with, and they've all been really informative, and I really enjoyed it. That's great. While I don't play favorites, you know you're one of my favorite partners in the Private Client Network, and you know how much I love Austin. In fact, you can't see me right now. This is an audio podcast, but I am wearing a University of Texas sweatshirt. Oh, I love that orange. Hook 'em horns. Hook 'em horns. That's right. My alma mater. So perhaps we can start by getting into your background. You know, how did you get into real estate and how'd you end up in Austin? Well, it's a fun story. I came to Austin to attend the University of Texas and I was paying my way through college. I was waiting tables and I thought there's got to be something better than this. And a friend of mine said, you ought to get your real estate license. I lease condos on campus and it's really great. And so I went and I did my classes and I got my real estate license in 1992. I was my junior year of college. So that makes this my 30th year in real estate. I started leasing condos at a little small firm that was right on campus and it was awesome. I could walk to my classes and in between classes I could go back and make calls and work and I really, really loved it. It was my gig. I have always been in sales. I worked at the mall. I sold shoes. I've sold clothes. I've sold makeup, just anything. And I think it comes natural to me. What I figured out when I started doing the condo leasing was, wow, I can interact with people. It's a great income. It's super flexible. And I graduated with a business degree, but I really loved real estate. And so that's it. I stayed in real estate and I've been really, really blessed. Austin's been a great market. And most of the people who graduated from the University of Texas back when I did, you didn't get to stay in Austin. It wasn't a town that people stayed and lived and continued to work in. And I was one of the few people who got to do that. And so I've been here and watched this place grow like crazy. I know it like the back of my hand. And really, it's the best city in Texas. I agree. Definitely agree. I've been there recently. And I think Austin's incredible. And since you've gotten into real estate, and since you've 
started in school there, I mean, that city has just changed so much. It really, really has grown. And I started out working for a home builder in North Austin. Now it's really part of Austin, but back then it was its own little town just north of Austin called Cedar Park. And I worked for a home builder. I sat in a model home and just loved it. And now Austin has grown and there really is no separation between Austin and Cedar Park or Austin and Round Rock and all these other small cities that used to be disconnected. But it's been amazing to watch the growth here. And it's such a fun city. When I was working for the builder, I did that for almost seven years. And then I transitioned into traditional brokerage sales. And like you guys mentioned on the intro, the first year that I started working for a brokerage firm, I became one of the top 25 agents in Austin, and I've been in the Austin Elite 25, which are the top 25 agents ever since then. And it's just been great. It's a great networking group. I'm a member of the Luxury League here and was just named in the top 25 agents for this year's Austin Business Journal Awards. And I'm really most proud to be a member of the Private Client Network. It's been an amazing opportunity to meet you and all of our other colleagues from the other cities and just have this amazing networking group. Well, thanks for noting that. And you were one of the original Private Client Network members, and you've seen the network grow. And again, you're one of my favorite people in the network, and we're so blessed to have you. Thanks, Kevin. (laughs) Yeah. And by the way, you're a phenomenal salesperson and ambassador, I think, for all things real estate, Compass, the network, Austin. It's no surprise to me that you're very successful at what you do. And, And you also got in the investment development side of it, which is where I started in real estate. And I think you really get a deep understanding of real estate itself. And then when you transition into just straight resales, you just have that foundation of knowledge that I think sets you apart from competing agents. Well, it is one of the things that I feel like I highlight. Working for a builder, I got a lot of knowledge about just construction and basic home building itself. And then I transitioned into the first deal I did was I bought a really old farmhouse and we moved it onto a different piece of property and I remodeled it and sold it. And I really have a passion for older homes. I'm a historical preservationist, but I have bought and remodeled many homes and built a few homes. And so I feel like I'm able to bring that knowledge to my clients and help them create value in the properties that I'm selling to them and that they're looking at. It's not just like, is this a beautiful home you can buy and move straight into? But sometimes we find something that needs a little updating and TLC. And I feel like I've got all the resources to help them create value in their property and home investment here. Yeah, I think the clients can read into that too. When you start to give someone guidance and they can tell that you're a true expert in that field. Like I always tell people if they ask, how would you renovate that house or what would you do here or there? And I was like, well, I've renovated 15, 20 houses in my day and this is my perspective on it. And they want to hear that, right? And they feel more confident making a decision guided by someone that has that level of expertise versus someone who's just a straight salesperson and doesn't know too much about the product itself. Yeah. And I think having that knowledge and that confidence and being able to say, well, if we were going to replace all the floors in this house with hardwood floors, it's going to be $10 a square foot or $20 a foot if you're using a different product. I mean, when you deal with it every day, you really can guide them in the right direction and kind of help them stay in the budget that they're hoping to stay in and create something pretty fabulous. 
So let's move into the market itself. Tell our listeners about Austin. It would be great if you could go back several years where Austin was and then what's trended in terms of who's living there now and why and everything from tech companies moving in and just take everyone through what's going on in the Austin market. Well, our market's on fire and it's a great place to live. And I think real estate nationwide is doing pretty well right now, but we've seen our volume skyrocket by 562% last year. Sales volume did. That's it? 562%. It's amazing. And wrapping your head around it, it's just wild to see the numbers that are coming out of some of the top agents' production, some of the top sales in town. Our transaction volume jumped 450% year over year for properties that were over $10 million. And that's a new market for us. I mean, we're definitely a luxury market, but I wouldn't say that we've always been an ultra luxury market. And when some people talk about an Aspen or like when we talk about LA sales that are 40 million or 100 million, you know, we don't have that here. Our price point's a little (laughs) lower than that, but it's pretty amazing. Our highest residential sale here was just over 40 million last year. And We've got 180 people a day moving to Austin, and we just don't have enough inventory for everyone. Our medium home price here in the greater Austin area is about 600000 But where I focus, which would be central Austin and west Austin, I'd say our median price range is more like $2 million, But it is extremely competitive. Anything that's under $2 million, and I definitely say if you're a million and a half or less, we're seeing at least five offers on a property like that. But I had one just recently that I put on. It was right at a million. We listed at nine ninety five. We ended up having 16 offers on it. And I am seeing consistently in that price range at a million and a half or below that the homes are selling for 20% over ask. So it's a pretty <laughs> competitive market out there. And my team, we spend a lot of time talking about what can we do to help our buyers win these deals? Because if you don't stand out, your offer gets pushed aside if somebody's got 15 or 20 offers on the table. What we're counseling our clients to do is everything from putting extra high option money, extra high earnest money, writing personal letters, including pictures, explaining why you love this home and it would be great for you. And it's taking all of those things. It is not just one thing that we're doing that's helping people win when they're in a multiple offer situation. So take us through the key feeder markets where people are moving from into Austin. I mean, right now, I'd say the two markets that I'm getting most of my buyers from are California and New York. I have international buyers. I've got some clients coming from South Africa currently, Mexico, China. But from within the United States, it's mostly California. We have a lot of New York. I have a few Chicago clients. And then it's interstate too. I mean, I've got some Dallas buyers, Houston buyers. We have a lot of East Texas buyers that are coming to Austin. So they're coming from all over, but at least three times a week, I have an interview and a phone call with somebody from California. So when you say California and New York, I imagine that when these folks land in Austin and start looking at real estate, it seems relatively inexpensive to them. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I feel like people have heard that the prices are better. So they're coming here. And if they had a $4 million house in New York, they think they're going to get a $2 million house here. And there is a little bit of sticker shock. I don't think we're (laughs) quite as affordable as rumor has it. And in the 
communities and the locations in Austin that people are wanting. And if it's the same house you and I find super attractive on the best street in the best location, I mean, there's 500 other people wanting the same thing. So it has been a little bit shocking. And then it takes a little time for me to educate buyers and to show them a few properties and say, well, here's what you get for the money in this neighborhood. Here's what you get for the money in that neighborhood. And it pretty quickly becomes apparent that they're going to have to increase their budget some. But from a value proposition, I feel like even though we've seen our prices increase substantially over the past two years, and COVID, of course, played a huge role in that, I feel like there's still a lot of value to be had here. And I really feel like in the next five years, the growth that's going to happen in Austin makes this an excellent place to continue to invest. I am seeing a lot of investors coming in, buying rental properties. I own a few commercial buildings. We got an offer from a Chinese investor yesterday. They don't even care what the rental rates are. They just want to play in this market and they want to get in and own. But it's a great place to do that. And I feel like I am really good at helping my clients find exceptional valued properties to where we can, again, either fix it up, build on it. It's in a booming location that's about to take off. There's a lot of opportunity here. In terms of price point, where does the luxury market in Austin start? Well, you know, I'd say it's probably starting at two and a half million. And then I'd say five million is still a, an exceptionally nice home. Do we have $10 million properties, $15 million properties? Yes. But I would put those in the top end price point wise. And then the $40 million sale was on our lake and we've got a very limited amount of property on our lake, what we call Lake Austin. And so those are outliers, the really high dollar properties. But I think if you came here with a budget between four and eight million, we could find you something that is exceptional. So let's say you're a wealthy family coming from California, you've got three kids, school age, you've got $5 million budget. What neighborhood would you show them first? Where do these people want to live in Austin? Close to town, I imagine? Well, I mean, there's two different thoughts here. And some people are looking for kind of the urban lifestyle. They want to be closer in. They want the old growth trees in the neighborhood that has a lot more personality. Or they say, we really want a little more space, maybe an acre size yard with views. Our topography here is really interesting. So in central Austin, it tends to be fairly flat. And then the minute you go five minutes west of downtown, and especially if you're 15 minutes west of downtown, we are on the edge of what they call the Texas Hill Country. So we have really large rolling hills and rivers and creeks. And so if you're going for something a little more nature, natural with trees and views, you would head west in the luxury market. And then, for example, I live close to downtown. I live in a historic neighborhood. It's called Old Enfield. It was where all of the Back in the day, people would ride their horses in a horse and buggy over to Old Enfield from the Capitol, and that was their weekend home because it obviously took a lot longer than it does now in a car. But we're only a mile, less than a mile from the center of downtown. In that neighborhood, the prices would start at probably $2.5 million for a teardown. The old governor's mansion sold last year for $36 million. And so there's a range there, but I would say the average price point in that neighborhood is probably 7 to $15 million. 
And if you were to head out west, what that affords you is some really cool views because we have a lot of green belt and a lot of protected space in Austin. And so you really can find something where you may have a neighbor, but it's situated to where you've got these great views. You can't see your neighbors. There's a lot of restrictions on cutting down trees and keeping things landscaped and reduction on light noise in those areas. And so it's really neat. You can be less than 10 minutes from downtown and have a completely different feel than you would have in central Austin. So Austin really has turned into a tech hub. I mean, let's face it, it's a major tech hub at this point, and, and even Tesla's moving their headquarters there. So I imagine there's just tons of young tech executives, young professionals that have sort of descended upon Austin. You know, where do they want to live? Well, I mean, our tech corridor tends to be more north. And if you are looking like where the Tesla, where they're opening their big factory or just opened, that heads more further east. East typically hasn't been, it's been the slowest growth area in Austin. And now it's really become this place where everything's turning over. There was really a lot of farms and ranch east out where the Tesla factory is being built. And so there's been this huge opportunity to buy that land and create new subdivisions. And it's just a huge, it's new. It wasn't there even five, six years ago, and now it's just booming. And so depending on, I think there's a lot of executives and they're probably not choosing to live over there. I think the folks that are living and working at the plant and our mid-level execs over there probably are going to choose to be in central and then drive east. It's been really interesting. I mean, Austin's job growth was almost 120% in recovery since March of 2020. And we led the nation in job growth. And not only do we have like Tesla, we had 90 corporate relocations announced and that created 12,000 jobs. And that was everything from companies like FedEx, Halo Technologies, Samsung, Amazon, Tesla, of course. But we also have a lot of corporate expansion and we had 138 corporate expansions, which created over 15,000 jobs as well. And so it's not that you would want to only focus in North or East if you were tech or Tesla, but Austin really, we do have our growing pains and I think traffic's probably one of the biggest parts of the growing pains, but you really could go into these North and West and Central locations and still get to your work in North Austin or East Austin easily. It's really a great city that affords you the ability to live kind of in any quadrant, but it would depend on your budget. I think that that's a big driver. Is there demand for luxury condos like right in downtown? Yeah, and it's a huge market for us. And so our downtown probably about 10 to 15 years ago really was dead. There were very few buildings. There was no such thing as mid-rise and high-rise living in Austin. We had like you didn't know anyone who lived in a condo. And then Frost Bank came and built our biggest tower. And that was, I remember it was in 2004. We had just bought our home in Old Enfield and we were about to remodel it. And we took a bottle of champagne and some lawn chairs and we sat on the rooftop terrace and they lit the Frost Bank Tower. And it was the first high-rise building downtown. It was beautiful. It was so neat. And now everything else that's been built since then around it, it makes it look small. But that was a big deal for us. And soon after that, developers came in. The downtown was revitalized. It became this like big restaurant corridor. And then we started having downtown condos. And now 
it is amazing. There have been four really exceptional luxury condos buildings announced this year. And it's funny, one of my good friends is the investor and builder of it. He's done so well selling downtown condos that now he's building his own. And I called him the other day to ask about a larger unit. And he said he's got the entire thing with the exception of like four of the top penthouses sold out or at least reserved. And that goes to tell you what a demand we have. But the downtown area was cleaned up in the last five years. You can go walk and shop eat. We have a river that runs through central Austin and we have miles and miles of jogging, walking trails, biking trails that go around on both sides with bridges that cross over. And so you can step out of your downtown condo, be on the jogging trail. And I mean, even though you're in the middle of the downtown, you feel like you're at a park on a river. Wow. So Austin clearly has something for everyone. It really does. It's a friendly city. It's a laid back city. We have 228 sunny days a year here. But what I would say about Austin is we really have about six months of amazing weather where you can leave your windows and doors open and you want to be outside, eating outside, playing outside, jogging outside. Two Thanksgivings ago, we were at our ranch and I took jeans and sweaters and it ended up being 75 and sunny I didn't even have a pair of shorts but I can't tell you how many times it's been 75 and sunny for Thanksgiving going into Christmas I mean I remember we have a picture of the family where we went to get a Christmas tree a couple of years ago and we're all wearing shorts and t-shirts and (laughs) flip-flops and so I know we have hot summers here but we really have agreeable weather six months of the year, our fall and winter, what we call it, we don't really have a winter, is is absolutely amazing here. I own a heavy wool coat to come see people like you in New York, but I've never worn it in Austin. All you need is a fleece and a light down jacket and you're good to go. You'd be cold if you're in New York today. It's in the 50s. Oh, not here. It's 76 degrees and there's not a cloud in the sky. Sounds horrible. It's wonderful. So let's move into your business. It'd be great if you could take our listeners through sort of how you've structured your team, how you operate it, how you differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, I came to Compass. I was one of the founding agents at Compass, and I was really impressed. Robert Refkin came to Austin. I interviewed with him personally. I had been in a small boutique firm for 18 years. And, you know, I think Compass's growth strategy was like, we're going to go after the top agents to kind of start our founders and go from there. And I thought, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I kept hearing about Compass and hearing about Compass. And there was another agent at my company who left and went to Compass. And I thought, wow, I really need to look into this. And so I met with a recruiting group again and really looked at the tools that Compass has and went, wow, this is a really great opportunity for me to grow my business, to figure out what's the next step. And so I came on as an individual. I've never had a team. It's always just been Nicole. And Compass really promotes the team concept. They give you all the tools you need to grow your business. And so now we're a small team of six people. It's me, 
I have a business manager who kind of manages the entire team as well as me. I have a full-time marketing person who's absolutely amazing. And then we have three agents on our team. They all do both listings and buyer work. I specialize, like I said before, in Central Austin and West Austin. I also have a heavy focus on ranches and second home lake properties. So I've done a little bit of everything. I've lived all around Austin, so I could guide you in any direction. But what I've really focused on is hiring team members that aren't working the same area that I am. I have somebody who lives in North Austin and she solely focuses on North and Northeast Austin. I have somebody who lives out in Lakeway, which is West of Austin. And she's amazing in focusing on that Lakeway area and the whole Bee Caves area. And then everything West of town, which is kind of where our whole country and Lake Corridor is. And then I have another person who lives Central and focuses on Central and South Austin. And so I really feel like you've got to focus on the area you live in. I mean, the key is to know your market. You need to master your area and specialize in what you know best. And if that's where you live and where your kids go to school and where you play sports and where you're involved in your community, that's what I've really trained everybody that works with me and really focused on myself is to be involved in my community and specialize in what I know best. You can't be everything to everyone. And so we are really trying to be hyper-focused on each market. So if somebody calls me and the best person on the team is Tiffany or Caroline, then I can send them that direction. But we really have a great group. We are cohesive. We work well together. Last year, we did right around $100 million in sales. And this year, we are already off to doubling that. So it's a really great group. We play hard together, too. We went to my lake house a couple of weeks ago and went out on the boat. And then we did some kind of team building work, as well as we sat down and kind of went through our business plan and talked about how we wanted to grow and everyone's goals. And I feel like we kind of work together like a small family. Same here with our team. And I think setting up in a hyper-local fashion is really the way to go. So clearly you're doing everything right. And obviously you're doubling your business from last year. So good for you. And, and it really sounds like, you know, you run your team in a very efficient and effective way. One of the things that I've really focused on, and I think it's important for people who are listening and trying to understand the Austin market, is we have a really heavy private listing market. And so what people are seeing online when they're looking on Zillow or Realtor.com or wherever they're doing kind of their basic internet search, they are not seeing, especially, and this really deals with the market that I focus in, which I would say is luxury and ultra luxury. They are not seeing a large portion of what's for sale. To give you kind of a crazy stat, in 2020, 90% of my sales were private listings off market. Nobody ever saw them on the internet. Last year for 2021, it was a little lower. It was closer to 80%, but that's huge. And when you look at numbers like $100 million in real estate, and you start adding up, well, how many other agents are doing the same thing? It's really important that buyers coming to Austin associate themselves with a really great agent because they are not going to hear about, know, or see any of these listings unless they're associated with someone who is heavily involved in the private 
market. The reason it is so strong is because Texas is one of the few states that is what they call a non-disclosure state. And you are not required to tell the taxing authorities or the local government what you paid for a home. And if it's not an MLS, and especially if you're paying cash, there really is nothing that's recorded in the sale for anyone to know what you paid for it. And so what happens is, is our property tax system is off because of it. So let's say there's a home in central Austin where I live that grandma has owned for 60 years and she has a frozen tax exemption because she's over 65. Well, maybe there's a house that it could be listed on the tax rolls for $500,000 and I'm listing it for $4 million for sale. And so there's a huge, huge tax advantage to buying something off market. A great example is I sold a house last year. We had it listed for just under 5 million. It was on the tax rolls for a million eight. A California buyer came in, paid cash for it. They're still remodeling it. I drove by it the other day. It's still under construction. They've probably put at least another three to $4 million into it. And I went and looked this year. I thought, I wonder what happened with that. Did it increase in value on the tax rolls? And it stayed the same. It went up, you know, I don't know, three to 5%, but it was still under $2 million on the tax rolls. And that equates to probably almost $75,000 a year in tax savings for that buyer on that specific property. I mean, it's huge. And so there's a method to the madness and there's a reason you would want to buy a property off market. Does that make sense? Yeah, now I see why people seek out dialed-in agents that can work the private markets because not only do you want to go into the private markets to surface some inventory that is just not available on the public markets, but obviously there's a byproduct benefit to doing a private transaction of that nature. So I could see why you do such a high percentage of off-market transactions, and I could see why it's so important as a buyer to work with someone who's really dialed into those private markets. And the way we launch those listings is, for example, my networking group with the Elite 25. I mean, I've got probably a list of 2,000 agents that are in my email where I'm sending email blasts going, this listing is coming soon. It's private. It won't be available to see for two weeks, but call me for a showing. And those clients that are on my list and that I work with regularly are reaching out to me saying, hey, how can I see this? How can I get my client into it? And they are shooting my email over to their client going, hey, take a look at this. It's coming soon. And we generate a lot of interest that way. And typically, all I have to do is hold a house open on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And by the end of the weekend, we've got multiple offers. And so it is a really fast-paced market. And it's really important for a buyer to be connected with the right person. Yeah, and with all the job growth you're experiencing in Austin, I don't see that market slowing down anytime soon. I really don't. Even with interest rates ticking up a little bit, I think we've got another five years of exceptional growth here. So now we're going to move into the lifestyle part of this conversation. And it's my favorite part of these podcasts. And we really get to delve into what's so attractive about the lifestyle in each market. And you've been in Austin for such a long time and you've built a great life there. So our listeners would just love to hear sort of a day in the life in Austin through your lens. And this is your opportunity to be an ambassador for Austin on this podcast and really sell us all on the great lifestyle in Austin. 
Well, I mean, the thing that I love the most about it is it's an amazing outdoor lifestyle city. I mean, we have, like I said before, you know, our hike and bike trails downtown. But if you go anywhere within 15 minutes, if you're a mountain biker, I mean, you can't begin to imagine the parks and the conservancy land where you can go walk and bike. It's a dog-friendly town. So everywhere you go, people have their dogs with them. It's a walkable city. Our downtown is crazy walkable with shopping, restaurants, nightlife. We've got really cool galleries. We've got some really great art museums. And I like what a friendly town it is. I think if you were a stranger and you went and sat at a bar in a restaurant and looked at the person next to you and asked them a question about, well, what should I do this weekend or where should I go? I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't have a new best friend and you exchanged phone numbers by the end of the conversation. It's a laid back town. I feel like with the university and the capital being here, It's a really, really intelligent town. We've got everything from the Texas Hill Country, which has, not that it's the best wine in the world, but a whole Texas wine region. It's really a cool and fun place to go visit. We have historic towns like Fredericksburg and Wimberley that are all within an hour of Austin, and they have the neatest bed and breakfast and wildflower fields to take pictures and art galleries and fun restaurants. There's a a town that's in between Austin and Houston called Round Top, and it's become internationally known. They have an antiques fair twice a year, and you've never seen anything like it. We just went last week, and you drive literally for 20 miles down this country road, and there are tents and barns on both sides of the road that are just filled with antiques and amazing decor and internationally known designers and furniture companies come to get their inspiration and buy rugs and light fixtures. And I mean, it's really, really phenomenal. We also are the live music capital of the world and we host South by Southwest, which is a two week festival that starts off with a full week of interactive and tech meetings, gaming, anything you could imagine that has to do with an interactive or technology field. There's conferences, there's networking sessions. It's really amazing. And then the second week, it moves into the music festival. And every restaurant that has a stage, every bar that has a stage, every music venue is literally all day, every day for a week, back to back to back musicians. It's really amazing. And then they also have a whole film section of that South by Southwest. And then we also host the Austin City Limits Music Festival in the fall. And that's two full weekends of music. It's one of the biggest attractions in Austin. Of course, we have my favorite UT football. And we have a ton of amazing sports here. We have a new pro soccer team, the Austin FC, and they built an amazing new stadium here. It's the Q2 Stadium. So there's just, there's a lot to do here. We have F1, we have the rodeo. There is a fun run and a triathlon almost every single weekend here. And the boating, we have Lake Austin, we have Lake Travis. Really, if you want to go drive to Houston or Dallas, everything is two to three hours from here. So the world's your oyster. I think for people that want to visit too, you've got great hotels, both downtown and great resorts. Maybe you can tell the listeners a little bit about that. Oh, we do. I mean, we have some really great 
boutique hotels. There's a really cool place called Hotel Ella that's downtown. It's in an old historical mansion. You've got the Four Seasons. You've got the W. And then if you don't want to be in that downtown hub, we've got the new Omni Resort at Barton Creek that has just been, it was bought out by Omnicorp and was remodeled and completely upgraded and expanded two years ago. It is their spa is amazing. The facilities are amazing. There's multiple golf courses there. And then, like I said, if you even want to make it a trip and go to the whole country, you wouldn't believe if you look on VRBO and just kind of look at some of the bed and breakfasts, the fun places just on the outskirts of town, you can stay. There's also a really, really neat place. You've got to look it up next time you come, Kevin. It's called The Way Back. And it's just in west of Austin in Westlake. I'd say it's like 15 minutes from downtown. And it's a mom and daughter who created the neatest venue. My husband and I actually went on date night there last night. They have a really neat restaurant and bar and it sits on the side of a hill and you can sit outside in the grass or eat inside and then they have I can't remember if it's six or eight little cabins that are all in this circle you can rent the cabins there's a pool in the middle and so it's the neatest venue if you wanted to have like a bachelorette party or a 50th birthday party or I mean it's a really special venue and it's small and cozy and so so we have a little bit of everything. Wow, I can see why Austin is so popular. It's really incredible. Nicole, we have two types of listeners that listen to this podcast. We have real estate agents all over the country, and we have consumers. So in terms of real estate agents that, say, want to break into the luxury market, like what advice do you have for someone that really wants to up their game and really get into the luxury and ultra-luxury end of the market? Well, it really all boils down to hard work. And I have a lot of people that come to me and say, oh, I see what you do. I see you on Instagram. I see your ads and it looks so fun and great and easy. (laughs) And it's not. It's really about diving deep, really understanding contracts, really creating a sphere of influence that you can network with and build your relationships on. And it's really about hard work. I have been working since I was 12 years old. And I love it. I love hard work. I love this business. And it has afforded me and my family an opportunity to live in a way that we are truly blessed. But I have met through real estate, my best friend in the whole wide world, I met at an open house 22 years ago. I feel like if you can come into this business Focus on one thing, like we discussed earlier, pick your area, where do you live, and can you market and network to your community? Really focus on that and do that well, and you will do well. There is enough business here for everyone. We have a lot of real estate agents, almost 18,000 in the greater Austin area. And the success stories are just, I'm not just one of them. There are so many here and the opportunity is great, but you've got to work hard for it. And I think holding yourself to high standards, I hold myself and my team to very high standards, but it pays off. So what would you say to the listeners that are the consumer side that are thinking maybe making a move to Austin? Well, I'd say call Nicole. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I would also say getting in, like, like we discussed before, with the right agent who really knows the area you want to live, who's really able to go beat the bushes and find out about things that are coming on soon. I had a client who called this week, interviewed me that I've taken on as a buyer, and they have some pretty specific needs on size and location. They don't want to pool because they have little kids. And I really have spent a lot of time this week emailing my network, posting on sites. This is what I'm looking for. Does anyone have anything coming up? And I really, just out of taking the time to dig deep and look hard, I was able to drum up six really cool properties for them that haven't even hit the market yet. And so for buyers, I say, number one, be patient. Number two, don't get discouraged because again, what you're seeing on the internet when you're playing around is not a true representation of what's here. You need to be pre-qualified and or have a proof of funds ready for any offer you submit. So you really need to be ready and there's no thinking about it over the weekend. If you see it and it's the right property, you've got to be ready to pounce and I'm here to help you do that for sure. It's clear to me why you're so successful, Nicole, and it should be clear to our audience. So I'm sure if anyone's listening that is thinking about moving to Austin, they will certainly get in touch with you. And I thank you so much for your time today on Luxury on Locations. Phenomenal conversation. And I can't wait to see you. I think we're going to be seeing you soon, maybe in Chicago next month. I hope so. And I loved having you here in November. It was so great. And I really appreciate the opportunity to share so much about Austin with you and all the listeners. And I am really proud of what you've built and how Private Client Network has evolved. And this podcast is really an amazing resource for people. Kudos to you because you're doing a great job. Thanks, Nicole. See you soon. All right. Thanks, Kevin. A sincere thank you to Nicole Kessler for being our featured guest on our seventh episode of Luxury on Location. That was a terrific conversation, which we sincerely hope our listeners enjoyed. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. We understand there are many podcasts out there, so we appreciate that you chose Luxury on Location for your listening pleasure. We hope to see you back for episode eight, when Kevin will be speaking with another one of our private client network partners and discussing their dynamic luxury real estate market. In the meantime, please check out the Private Client Network at Compass, your nationwide resource for luxury real estate. We operate in virtually every luxury real estate market in the country. You can find us at theprivateclientnetwork.com or on Instagram at privateclientnetwork. Until next time. We'd like to thank the sponsors of this episode of Luxury on Location. Experience luxury vehicles like never before. Are you tired of being locked into leases? Join Motor Envy. No commitment, no maintenance, no headaches. All drive. Visit motorenvy.com forward slash LOL to receive your exclusive access, courtesy of Luxury on Location. Greenwich International Film Festival is an all-female-founded nonprofit organization that harnesses the power of film to serve the greater good by bringing to attention important issues related to basic human rights, education, the environment, and healthcare. GIF offers films, panels, and special events throughout the year, including the prestigious Changemaker Gala, which will take place May 25, 2022, and will honor Lin-Manuel Miranda for his work with the Miranda Family Fund. To learn more about GIF, our events, and membership opportunities, please visit GreenwichFilm.org.